Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It is Monday, September 28th, 2020, the year that shall not be named, and it is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a Home Before Dark podcast. Double cork popping. I like it. <laughs> you're just gonna you're gonna go bottoms up. You savage, Kevin. Oh, thank you guys for tuning in on this lovely Monday evening. Probably the Keep last it hot down, day. Dan, so noisy. <laughs> Probably the last hot day in Atlanta for the rest of the year before we go into uh, fall number two. We had fall <laughs> one, right? Yeah. Yes. Past we week, past like three days has been summer two. I think yes. is what it's Larry Luke posted something on Instagram the other day. It was like all the seasons of Atlanta. And I think finally we're getting into like second, second fall, first winter, whatever, it, whatever it is. I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Dan James in the middle. Whoa. Just getting sandwiched. I know. I, I, I see I, how I, it is. I'm gone for three weeks and now <laughs> I get third billing. That's, That's pretty right, yeah. fucked in my opinion. <laughs> Dan wasn't here for three years and somehow <laughs> he's leveraged himself into second standing on cast. Yep. Much like this fan time. base. Much like this fan base. I am a what have you done for me lately type of person. De Bradley hey. out. As De Gordon Bra- <laughs> we do have Kevin Bradley finally joining us again. It feels good to have the, th- the triumvirate, the three headed monster as coach uh, Chiefs. Chiefs coach Steve says, hello, FBI. Call off the search. We found him. <laughs> Kevin, how are you? Good. Much better now that I'm here. Back out of hiding. Yeah. 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 No, it's just been crazy. I mean, you guys know it's been going on offline and just work and everything else. And then also 
I, I wasn't, I didn't, I missed the first couple of, a couple of weeks ago, I missed some games and then past couple of weeks has been work and now everything seems to be leveling back out again. So it's good to be back. Leveling I, I, up. Ca- I came back with a vengeance last night on Twitter. Um, I was unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to uh, see uh, all those people drop the charges, Kev. So I'm, I'm happy yeah. for that. Mostly yeah. the parceros <laughs> because there was a murder last night on Twitter. <laughs> if you guys are watching us on YouTube live, thank you guys as always for tuning in and joining us in the trap. Leave us some comments and uh, smash the like button, as it were, as the kids say. Um, and subscribe if you guys aren't subscribed. We do get the net analytics. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We see that people watch and that aren't they're not subscribed. So we're close to hitting five five hundred subscribers on YouTube, which I think is pretty uh, pretty yeah. cool. That's well, a like lot of people unsubscribed because I wasn't around. Hopefully, yeah, that's true. Now. It's very <laughs> true. We got Brian Daniels joining live. Typically, it's uh, comments. I feel like uh, the day after we got Andy Watkins, Elliot Beaven, Richard Gordon, uh, Chiefs coach Steve uh, Brian. Coach Steve, I'm still waiting for that that bushel of Brussels sprouts to, to land on my doorstep. I need a Hello Fresh delivery, Coach Steve style. Um, oh, I don't know what the bushel of apples I picked this weekend. Yeah. Could, did you fill up a mailbox after you ate all those apples? Oh, it's good. It's 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 bad, dude. <laughs> I, I, at least at least the apple cider donuts broke the fall. <laughs> but yeah. Oh god, we got Brittany S joining us. We got uh, designing with less on the wrong account. I love that. And then Percy Herrera nope. did, did Kevin quarantine right longer than Kevin uh, or Percy was asking? Uh, did Kevin quarantine longer than Pippa? Peppa Pig? I don't know. Who's Peppa Pig? <laughs> no, Peppa is um, Iguain. Oh, gotcha. Oh. I don't know why everybody's oh, so God. upset about that. Pity Martinez hit the PK that he took the exact same way a couple years ago. Nobody <laughs> nobody remember that? Nobody remember that PK he took against? Who was that? Against Chicago? Was that against Chicago that he took that PK? Just skied it to win, the, to tie the game at the, the final moments? Or was that Red Bulls? I think you're talking about. Are you talking about Pity Martinez? Yeah, yeah Pity. Yeah, it's Pity. It was yeah. it was Toronto in the regular season, right? Who what did I say? I thought you said yeah. Pippa. Yeah, I said it's it the was, same it, deal. Everybody's so upset with him, but gives Pity a pass. I, I don't see. I don't see what we're <laughs> so upset about right now. But I didn't see Toronto talking shit to Pity after he missed it, giving him like getting uh, getting him to start a brawl. Like that was pretty impressive to me by that <laughs> Philadelphia backline to just be celebrating in his face and to get him that riled up. Yeah, um, welcome to MLS. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty great. Yeah, it was. It was Toronto. I'm pretty sure in the regular season, and then Joseph missed the penalty in the postseason. Right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. So. How are you guys feeling today? Great. Little little mixed bag. What, no. do, you, what do you got? What are you, what are you sipping on, Dan? I've got some uh, High West double rye. It's, it's beautiful. I love it. Is that like a Jewish rye? Is it like a pump? Yeah, it's Yon Kippur, Yon, Yon today. So Yon <laughs> it's uh, it's just you know your regular double rye. It's good. I like it a lot. It's uh, High West. I guess they're out of Utah, so it's uh, it's okay. Mormon rye. Mormon rye. What about you, Kevin? What are you sipping on? Uh, Eagle Rare. Mm. Only the good stuff. You know, I was cleaning up my office. I have like four empty bottles of bourbon in my closet. I'm surprised that's all. <laughs> that's yeah. 
And, and in true like hoarding mentality that I get from my dad, I'm like, I can't throw these out. These mean something I, to Kevin. Why do you think I love <laughs> them? <laughs> <laughs> and then my dad somewhere is like, I had depression era parents. <laughs> <laughs> we keep we have to keep everything. Um, you say you feel good, Kevin? Yeah, I feel great. Yeah. Why not? Who cares? This is what the like tenth game and the tenth different lineup that we've had under Stephen Glass. Is that right? Exactly. That's exactly what I wanted. I mean, honestly, I, I wanted some results to go with it. But if we're not going to win games, at least let's see different lineups and different formations. And some of that's been necessitated by injuries and things that have happened off the field and Barco knock knock jokes. And here we are. So who cares? Let's just keep going, and maybe we'll we'll have something to take away from it going into the next season. It's a knock, knock, knock joke is what I understand. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So this is total speculation. I haven't heard anything. Do you think Barco got COVID? Do they have to announce Ooh. if the um, COVID testings come back positive? I, if, if it's like other sports, I would imagine there's some sort of disclosure, at least to the effect that somebody on the team has it just because of traveling reasons, maybe. Remember right. when the only knocks we had to worry about for Barco was if he was going to knock up one of the other players, significant others? Uh, life, <laughs> life was more simpler back then, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm just, I'm just, at, least we're winning, at least we were winning games then. This is going to be the me the rest of the show. Just. <laughs> I'm going to let I mean, you guys... He was, uh, so what was like a week ago, so three games ago, he was not put on the roster anymore. Um, there haven't been any rumors, I guess, of transfers recently. And then he's Window doing this. Windows on the 5th, right? Isn't something that like that. And I then, the I'm not month. sure when the window closes. I'm pretty sure it's like 25 or 25th, 26, something like that. Oh, I don't know. I thought Rob Usri had said something about the 5th, so I don't, I don't know why. Um. So yeah, he has been doing this modified training. So his modified training, like on another field with someone yeah. yelling at him ten feet away. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea, but it's yeah. I'm so. I mean, I'll watch the games, but I'm I'm surprised when we do something decent. Yeah, I mean, well, I think I think there are positives to take away from what we've seen in the past two games, if not three games, even. I mean, I think. At least in my eyes, like I didn't expect anything. It's sorry to jump in, Kevin, but like I didn't expect oh. anything in the Stephen Glass era to be like it's cool that we're in the play-in match uh, contention right now. But at the same time, like a lot of this, I feel like I, I'm getting a little. It's a little disconcerting to see different lineups and different formations every single game, but it is good. I think what I was expecting to see was a tryout period, like a. Yeah like a last chance you type of thing with some of these guys, because these are guys that you look at coming back. Um, you know, if you're looking at John Gallagher coming back from his loan spell and coming up from the, from the twos. And then um, you have tryout. I mean, you have guys that might, and when Dan and I talked about it last week that might not make the team come next year that are really playing for a spot um, either on this team going into next year, like as, as some sort of trade chip. And to the same point, like you, are seeing players that maybe wouldn't have made the cut had they not been given the opportunity that maybe you're finding a little bit more value in. So I think top to bottom, this roster is up for debate aside from Joseph Martinez, in my opinion, I think everybody else is on the hot seat more or less. And 
you're in a position as a club with a new manager to really have a full inventory overview and have checks and minuses next to everybody's name and figure out who's going to be the best fit for whatever that manager wants to do with this team next year. So um, in some regards, like absolutely, I'm disappointed to not see results, but there's plenty of reasons why we're not seeing results. It's not like this team has some consistent track record and I'm expecting those results based on the situation at hand. I'm not too surprised. And if that's going to be the case, at least I can be surprised with the positives and the negative isn't as much like the negative is almost a given at this point. Does that make sense? So anything good that happens is right. better it's than found expected. Money. Like yeah. We're looking at found money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The expectations are so low that yeah. you're, you're right. Um, I think there's more outside of, joseph that um it like i think we've got a good core of center backs uh and then brooks lennon and bellow and then i would probably take the rest of the team and yeah like you say joseph would be the one guy who was yeah. a locked locked in guy on the roster but uh the midfield's just been atrocious i haven't i, I haven't seen it in weeks so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not been great i mean it's I, I don't think anybody in the midfield should be beyond reproach at this point either. Even mm-hmm. like, you know, there is, there's a lot of, um, you know, nostalgia for what Eric Rometty has done for this team in the past couple of years. At the same time, again, shouldn't, shouldn't be beyond criticism um, for his recent run of form. I mean, he just was not uh, get, to snuff on, on Sunday. Criticizing any of the players right now is what are you criticizing them based on? Like, are they coming up short based on their lack of performance in some or like, I don't know what glasses methodology is on to how this team is supposed to be performing. So by based on that metric, I don't know if players are underperforming or if it's a lack of direction that's been given that they're not allowed to thrive in. Does that make sense? Like, no, it is, but like, I, I mean, there's definitely bad plays and bad decision-making and, and I'm not going to argue that, but, I don't know that these players are being given clear direction on how they're supposed to be playing under this management system right now. Well, it seems like, I mean, you look at the response to the game on Wednesday against FC Dallas and it looked like we were, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but it looked like we were going along the Red Bulls. Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, we were looking at that. And and I felt like that fed really well into the personnel that we had on the field on Wednesday. I mean, you look at a team that, you know, we went for, I would say we went for speed more than anything on the field. We leave Adam John off. We played John Gallagher up, up front. Right. And, um, you know, we, we pressed and everybody was surprisingly happy with it. I mean, I, I felt like we played one of our more complete games, one of our better games that I've seen us play in since the restart yeah. really. Yeah. And what I was hoping for was kind of a repeat on uh, of that or some sort of sustained, lineup or formation come Sunday and it didn't happen. I think that's part. And, and that feeds into what you're saying, Kevin, I, it, maybe it is like, I, I don't know if it's, I really don't know what his philosophy is and it seems like it changes from game to game. But what I don't understand is like Wednesday night, it worked. Why not try and employ the same yeah. thing, same lineup on Sunday, even though I, th- I felt like Adam John was one of our more dangerous players on, on Sunday. I thought he was, you know, if not for Bobby Shuttleworth was, was going to back a brace. Like he looked, yeah. he and he and John Gallagher, I think were probably our more, um, 
are more like legitimate threats up front yeah. during that game. I, I, Gallagher, yeah, I Gallagher has definitely been a big breakout. I mean, in, throughout this season that I don't think given the circumstances we would have seen in the capacity that we've been able to this year. Same thing with George Bellow. I mean, I think George Bellow, you would wager a bet that maybe we see him in the, in some capacity under Frank DeBoer, but Gallagher, I mean, unless the series of events takes place with the, not just with the roster and injuries, but obviously with the the managerial staff, like I I don't think you see him get as much playtime as we have in recent weeks. And I think it's been a good viable prospect. And even if we don't keep him on the roster or, in the lineup, at least maybe he gets a little bit more attention and gets noticed a little bit more in the off season. Yeah, I definitely um, think um, Galahad. He well, he came. He only got his position because he came on for a sub. I think it was in the MLS tournament because of the failures of everybody in front of him. Right. And then it's good that we've been giving him a chance. So this. The rest of this year, like to your point, this is this is really good experience for Gala. I'd play him as much as we can. Yeah. Um, but it's I, I'm I'm partial to say, well, let's just see who we can get going now. I think mm-hmm. I think Castro, to be honest, I feel so bad for that guy, but he's a lost cause now. Yeah. He might be one of your better players in the pecking order, but we haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. I would be I'm starting to guess you really play him over someone like Tyler Wolf or give his spot to uh, someone else who's who can really fill it. But yeah. he, but then he's then he's just you, you're wasting a, a roster spot. So it's it's weird because like I feel like he does pretty well until he gets like into the box and then he forgets what to do. Yeah. Like I feel like yeah. he gets himself into positions and he, yeah. he dribbles and gets it, you know, if he's getting into the corner, cutting into the box, finding a way to, to get on, uh, get into that attacking uh, area. And then it just seems like he has mental lapses. All the first, time first couple of games, you give him the benefit of the doubt that it's just jitters and, you know, it's his first game, but whenever it's a consistent pattern of behavior at a certain point, you've got to cut your losses and hopefully the front yeah. office is going to be doing so going into next year. Yeah. I, I totally think he's, uh, he's a lost, lost cause. Yeah. yeah. It seems like everybody in the trap is pretty much in agreement that, that Gallagher is, you know, Brian saying Gallagher's the bright spot of 2020. Uh, Coach Steve saying Gallagher had a game. It was good to see someone take credible shots. Um, there was another comment I felt like. Ooh, Brian's there. got a good one. If we're going to lower our expectations of the players, we might as well do the same for the coaches. Like, I agree. I mean, I think this whole season is just kind of let's see what what we can take away from it and let's do everything without trying to get locked into some mentality or some approach to things because at least my understanding is everything's going to change going into next year. You know, once you've got a new manager and new D, at least one if not two new DPs and the return of Joseph Martinez and lineup changes top to bottom like no matter what you get out of this year, if you're trying to instill some sort of a system, it's most likely going to be overturned next year. Anyway, you might as well just try to keep guys healthy and keep them playing, you know? Yeah. I, the frustrating thing about the situation is there's no pressure on Steven glass. No. I mean, what are they going to do? Fire him. I mean, right. Right. No, they're not going to do that. Cause they just want him to be the twos manager. And then who are you going to put in charge? Right. So 
it yeah i don't put any hope i think with i think the best way to spend this time is to hashtag play your kids and just see what you have in those potential faces that you want to keep around in 2021 so Ochoa says we still got to make the playoffs though do either of you guys think that atlanta makes the playoffs based on its current standing and run of form no have we should we go through the schedule yes because all right let me put it did you say that with a with a hard ch you didn't say schedule uh i did all right what are we doing here i'm just gonna pull on my phone because it's easier no no i mean if if, i don't know stole for me tim stole for me (laughs) from my standpoint if 10 teams out of how many are in the east 12 14 um if 10 teams make it to the quote unquote playoffs, are we talking about like, do we make it into the play in game? Then yes, I think so. Or the play in round or whatever it is. Right. Cause oh, it's I like, forgot they changed the whole damn form. It's like, so what's like seven, the plan? seven to 10 play each other in a plan. Right. Yeah. That's seven right. to play- 10 is a play in. Yeah. I forgot that, about that. I it's like top six that. are automatic in. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's why they were showing the two lines on the yeah. broadcast last night. I completely forgot that they changed the format. All right, so upcoming schedule. We're at DC next Saturday. Nothing ever as good has been done when we go to DC, just like Chicago. Uh, then we're at home playing Orlando. Great. Then we're at home playing Red Bulls. Great. Then we go down to Miami. Then go to Toronto. Then come back home, play DC, then go down to Orlando and get beat by them down there. Have a home game against Cincinnati, hopefully get a 1 0 win. Uh, and then finish up the season on a road trip with Columbus. I see two oh. wins out of it. Maybe two wins would be great. Six points, I think, is, is more than I was thinking we would get. Um, I was thinking maybe like you're going to get two draws, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not confident at all. I will be thoroughly surprised if we make yeah. the playoffs. So yeah. for anybody that was as confused as Dan was, um, here is how the playoff format does work. It's the uh, 18 total t- uh, total clubs will compete. Um, so number seven and number 10 play each other in a play-in game in the Eastern Conference. Uh, top eight automatically qualify in the West. Um, in top or in the East, we have number seven versus number ten, number eight versus number nine, and then the lowest seed plays number one in the East in the first round, and then the highest seed plays uh, number two. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't have any confidence <laughs> that that's gonna. Even if we get to that, I mean, we're currently in what tenth? We're currently in eleventh. Eleventh. And we're, so we're six all out point, we're, already. We're six, yeah, we're six points out. Last time I looked, I think we were six points away from the seventh place. Correct. You are correct. Okay. So, so we are, yeah, we're one, we're one win or one, uh, one point away from the 10 spot. Mm. All right. Cool. No, we're not. We're actually, wait, what does that say? 18. Oh, that's, I so hate Dan, they do the points differently. To your point about, our, our run of games that we have remaining. How many games did you list that we have left? Uh, nine. So of those, we've got Cincinnati, Miami, and DC, which are all 
at the bottom. So that's at least favorable. Granted, Miami has results against Miami have been hard to come by for this team this year. Um, you know, that's at least pro it's not like we're playing all do I think that we're going to beat Red Bulls in Toronto? Absolutely not. And I don't even think that we beat Orlando either of the times that we play them, but Miami, we've got what? We got DC twice, Miami and, um, we have Orlando twice. So we could potentially squeak out four wins out of that run of nine. Doesn't, I mean, it's better than I would expect. Right. And, and <laughs> well, to be fair, to your point, Kev, around about when we play the Red Bulls could be the time that we see uh, Marcelino Marino come in. So that could be helpful. Um, and hopefully we'd have Barco after he's finished with COVID uh, into that mix-up as well. So having him... Do you think Barco is going to be here after the transfer window? Um, yes. And Tim, do you think we make playoffs? I, I, I know that Dan said no. Do you think we make playoffs? Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. If for no other reason, I just feel, again, if I think we make the play-in game. Uh, up after that, I don't know. Like, okay, I, I'll agree with that. I, that's, because that's of the expanded me, format, yeah. I think, yeah. And I think we're going to be on the lower end of that. Um, like, we may be the 10th team. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's climbing that high. Right, I mean, right, well, I you... Mean, you look at Nashville's run in, so they're they're close to us. We've They've got to play the bottom three teams and the top four teams in this stretch of nine games. <laughs> right. But also like if we look at the teams who we're competing with, so Nashville, they're on sixteen points. And they've got Minnesota, Sporting KC, Houston Dynamo, who just got rid of Albert Elise, Dallas, New England, Montreal, Chicago, and then Orlando. But that seems like a an easier schedule than what we have, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chicago, who have got a nice fire lit under them after they beat us. Montreal, Sporting KC, oh, DC. I see what you did there. What? I um, see he's, he's a fucking pun genius, and you, he doesn't even realize it. <laughs> so Chicago had a fire lit under them, Dan. Oh, uh, that's right, yeah. Got it. Glad, glad you're all getting to my level. Yeah. Um, Chicago's got a pretty tough schedule so it's kind of like the results around us i'm not confident in it as well well especially whenever you're looking at i mean the other good thing is you look at the gold differential right now for those bottom three bottom four teams including atlanta you know um i i think it's a favorable chance that we can get four wins but even still the fact that they haven't been able to really produce results against one of those teams gives you cause for concern in some regard but like you said moreno potentially coming into the lineup whether or not we keep barco after the transfer window i think is i think Mm -hmm. that's gonna really the rest of this season in my opinion hinges on barco's return because without him no no joseph no pity and the rotating lineups that continue to take place i just don't see how this team builds up any sort of midfield offense or anything past midfield line that gives you any sort of hope for what they may do besides, you know, Adam John getting a couple opportunities here and there and Gallagher having yeah, a few as well. Give me some more of those freaking uh, diving headers from Adam John, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I would like to give a shout out to uh, Franco Escobar. He's been like a one of our best players the past two games. Um, I think what did they rate him at? So he got so it was six point four. Um, and I thought Adam Yarn was probably one of our better players. Um, he did a lot, not just you know on the ball. He did an awful lot off the ball, just shielding players around so uh, guys could get into position. Hyman actually was uh, one of our highest rated players, which was great. Um, Don't tell Parceros that. Well, I know. Uh, Rometty was Ron, not. Ron, he was terrible. Ron, where's Ron? Where's Ron? I'm just waiting for him to pop up in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Rometty was credited with that error you know, getting bodied off the ball on their second goal. Uh, yeah, that's pretty poor. First, first goal, sorry. He was bodied off the ball, and then they were able to turn it around. And then on the second goal, I noticed Mesa jumped in front of Burek, but uh, Jimenez was able to do this beautiful little chip uh, right between the two Atlanta United players for Burek to just go in and have a completely open unmarked shot because Mesa was marking him but then jumped in front the ball went straight past him and then his barrack on goal so uh, it's a it's a frustrating time but yeah. I think we have we have some players to build on I mean oh, they yeah, have definitely. It, it, I think Chicago's a pretty good team too and I think we could probably take some sort of solace in the fact that we came out with a win albeit from a penalty kick on Wednesday against a pretty pretty recently good FC Dallas team. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm forever the optimist with this stuff and I'm forever getting my heart broken by my teams. But at the same time, like I'd rather be, I'd rather be optimistic and invested in, but like the, I see some of the attack that Chicago has. I mean, Georgie Mihaljevic had a absolute banger of a game against us last night. Um, yeah, he did. And then Barrich and Herbers, like they're, that front, whatever, I don't know, you want to call it three or four, and you're bringing CJ Sapong off the bench who's getting back into fitness and getting back integrated with oh the team after Oh, my everything. God. Bello picking his pocket in that second half. Yeah, that was pretty nice. <laughs> was amazing. Just He's, grown uh, manning Sapong last night. was awesome. In, giving in the trap, what in two words, what was your reaction whenever you saw George Bello on the ground crying? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. That's again. Oh, not again. Yeah. yeah. Not, not again. again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mine was just, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> or like that time, like, I, I think I told you this story, Kevin. Like, my mom, we were driving down the road and she got cut off and she's just, she couldn't think of anything to say. So she just shook her fist and went, not good. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's what I, that's what I was yelling. Oh. I was yelling last night, not good. Shout out to Janet. Busted out some of that uh, rum cake this week. I had my monthly slice. It's great. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yes. George, Bello, George Bello was proving last night to me um, what I was saying on the show last week, that I don't think he'll be here come next season. Or five seasons later, like Eric Quintana said. You're going to talk about what? lame mouths of the South saying that, saying he thought George Bellow could be with this team for another five years. What? Not a chance. Not a what? chance. Not no. a chance. No, he's not going to be here for five years. He'll be here yeah. for, I think he'll be here for all of next season, but 
Do you think question the real question? I haven't been here in a few ye- few few yeets. Uh, <laughs> Dan, yeah. Have you started to falter on the thirty million dollar price tag yet? No, because he hasn't played a whole full season yet. <laughs> I've got news for you. It's not happening. Well, if it doesn't I, happen, it doesn't happen. So. I have an idea. We start fielding him as a center back, or at least putting him on the lineup sheet as a center back, and Man City will snap him up for 50 million pounds at least. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll be part of like the most expensive back. He'll be sitting, he'll be sitting bench, but we'll get our money's worth. Thirty million, Dan. You're still holding on to that. You're still thinking that's going to happen. Well, what's the what's the time? The timeline is at no, the end of no, next no, no, yes. no, no. There was Absolutely. no timeline. You just said okay, thirty Kevin, million or above. You need no. I didn't go back. Yeah. Listen to the podcast. Understand the parameters that we're arguing about, no, and then you can come back. No, no, yep. no. Yep. Not yep. buying it. Maybe someone in the trap it. can do that. I'm not buying it. But you don't have to. Everyone heard what I heard, which was Dan was just saying. <laughs> Kevin, million. what you <laughs> exactly? That's all you heard. <laughs> it's whatever you wanted it to be. <laughs> Dan said thirty million pounds. Embargo in the same sentence. We're gonna run with it. Do, it. Are we to the point? Do we have like a JRE clips account that somebody's going and making clips of like Dan? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. I no, think we've got two of them actually. <laughs> oh. I'm going to dedicate my weekend to finding that just to, I'm going to do one of those campaign exposed videos, black and white. Just, just Dan cut up James all my claims. Barco is a $30 million player robust. I'm going to get these gigantic pamphlets in my, in my mail that say Dan James, Dan James took money from El Nasser. Tune, tune in tomorrow night for the great Barco debate. <laughs> and you could have me chopping together saying whatever you want but in different clothes per <laughs> word in the sentence <laughs> yeah that'd be great you just keep chopping I don't know man what are you guys expecting going forward for this season we got another 28 minutes to fill you guys gotta start yeah. talking well I will I say that it. like if Barco gets if Barco gets transferred like this transfer window it's not gonna be for 30 million okay i mean the, there's no way he's coming around and then in a year he's like well if it's this year you know i don't think it'll be for 30 million either and then the year after like oh i was really on like a five-year window really <laughs> I, mean, you I never put terms on it i just said he could be eventually <laughs> maybe one day if the stars align no <laughs> Thank you, Brian. The lighting in the podcast is better. As it because it's all shining off Kevin's bald head. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it, you fuck. <laughs> I can see myself in your head right now. <laughs> it's like a magic eight ball. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Oh, he's saying that the lighting on this podcast is better than Joe Rogan. Oh God! Oh, because it's yeah. not taking place inside of a toaster oven. Yeah, because I feel like I'm playing prey whenever I watch it, or Doom. Oh. Like I feel like I'm in Doom You're inside of an Alienware computer. <laughs> <laughs> the show takes place inside a computer. 
So has anybody me... seen? Has anybody seen? Real quick, has anybody seen Bill and Ted yet? Then, no, no, I've heard good things about it though. Yeah, no, I need to watch it. Sorry, no. just side note. It's spooky season. I did watch uh, Hollow Man the other night. The the reboot. They made a they made a reboot of that. Yeah, Invisible isn't it called like Invisible <laughs> Invisible <Yeah>. Man? <laughs> what? Yeah, that was a real what? tough one. With Elizabeth Moss. Oh. Yeah, well, she's she no was... Elizabeth Shue. What? This, who is in Hollow Man? She was the scientist uh, in Hollow Man. Yeah, uh, and she turned Kevin Bacon invisible. No, I watched Invisible Man the other night. It's pretty solid. Mm. Not saying run out and do it, but it's good. Yeah, good Hollow Man. No Kevin Bacon, but it's all right. Mm. No thanks then. No thanks then. I'd rather just go watch River Wild. With, oh, with what, Kevin are your, Bacon. Uh, what are your top? Oh, that's a good one for the trap too. Top three Halloween movies. We're gonna focus, 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 focus. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, for real though. Uh, Monster Squad is number one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then nothing else after that. I don't like. <laughs> I, you just mean like horror movies? No, horror, what do you mean? Or, Halloween, horror based or based around the holiday of Halloween? It doesn't have to be like an ABC original movie or anything like that. But like Casper the Friendly Ghost Part yeah, Three? Yeah, yeah, no, um, no, just movies to watch in or around Halloween. It doesn't have to be Halloween themed. It could be like so, Friday the Thirteenth or something. Like okay, that. so Monster Squad's number one, and then the first two uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets are okay. number two and three for me. Okay, so we'll good movies. Um, I think the obvious choice is just the whole of the 2020 Atlanta United season just oh, condensed. Hilarious. Hilarious. Dan with the jokes. Phantasm from uh cheese coach, Steve nightmare before Christmas with Brian um, Dracula, the 1930 movie for Elliot Beaven. Freddy versus Jason for Brittany S. Halloween, Monster Squad, Old Pet for Chris Filling. I'm guessing he means Old Pet Cemetery, not the new one. Yeah, I'm assuming so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ed Wood? What's that? I don't know what that one is. That, that Johnny is movie. Old movie. Ah, oh, who's the director like on that? Ed Wood was like a 1995 oh, Ed, movie. Ed, Ed, Ed Wood's the director and the no, name of the movie. That one? Ed Wood mm-hmm. Scissor Hands, right? Yeah, Ed Wood Scissor Hands. <laughs> that Johnny Depp movie? That what you're about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That's um, the, no, Ed Wood was the movie where Johnny Depp played a this yeah, the director Ed Wood and it was like nineteen ninety it was between ninety two and ninety five. It was it was kind of early to mid nineties. I haven't Got seen it. it in forever. It's a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. If it was Johnny Depp in the 90s, it was most likely Tim Burton. I do like Brian bringing us back to reality, though. Saying, can't wait for the all Atlanta United goals in 2020 video. It's going to last all of 39 seconds. <laughs> uh, well, not if you put the goals that, not if you put the goals we gave up. No, that's thinking. That's all right. goals. That's oh, gonna be like three hours. Out of 2020. 
Well, I see that the uh, Marcelino Marino has bought his parents a house. Isn't that nice? That is nice. Mm -hmm. Seems like a really nice guy. Have you heard about the um, thing that Soccer in the Street, not Soccer in the Streets, Jason Longshaw is doing with the uh, scarves for Marcelo Mourinho? No. It's pretty cool. So he's made, so Longshaw went and ordered a bunch of scarves and he's given all the money he made, I think all the money that is collected from the scarves and donating it to um, Mourinho's, um, Moreno, sorry, Moreno's, um high school like the first club that he he played at so that was pretty cool to kind of welcome him to Atlanta so i i purchased one so hopefully i'll get one okay nice too bad you couldn't purchase one of the home before dark scars but that's fine just why well, i got one for free so <laughs> <laughs> this one's gonna be better quality though so <laughs> can't argue with you there what are you guys' expectations for the rest of this season, honestly? I think we will, on average, we'll play like we played last night, and then every now and then we may snatch a win or a draw. More likely a draw. A nil-nil draw. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... I think I have no expectations at this point. <laughs> like, I, I, I think I'm genuinely over the point of the first couple of games after the MLS's back tournament was like, all right, maybe we'll get it back together. Maybe we'll get it back together and just being kind of disappointed. And I've finally turned the corner where like now I'm going into a game, watching it, not with the expectation to win, but to hopefully see some takeaway with some run of play with a player or two that, and, and not to see any injuries or anything like that. I'm, I'm going into games hoping to see development more than anything. Like um, going into games hoping to see George Bello continue to develop and, and to find space and get into to good position. See, Hoping to see Brooks Lennon continue to develop, which he has been, in order to provide service from that right side, which we're going to need him to do whenever Joseph gets back healthy. You know, trying to look at – the way this team is playing less so from the results standpoint and more so of like individual pieces, which I would hope to see return next year and how they may fit into a system that will at least have the return of Joseph and one, if not two DPs to go alongside it. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting to, for next year, what the uh, U22 and U23 initiatives bring, because that could bring three more, essentially dp spots for players that are under 22 and 23 years so that could be a huge what was that so the u22 and u23 initiative so there so it's something it hasn't been completely hammered out yet but it was they were talking about it as part of the um new cba so it's in the cba but the details aren't complete and the last you can read on the MLS's website is that it's coming. So we don't know what it, it means, but it could be that you get three slots for players that are under 22 years of age and 23 that are not, they only, they have a limited hit to the salary cap. 
That's pretty awesome. That's I mean yeah. that, that does the entire league a world of good, right? I mean because right. you're you're essentially inflating the stock price of these players and and garnering some wage that you hope is transferable or um, increases in value as you go to trade them to European markets. So right. you're, you're sort of getting ahead of that. That's, that's so awesome. Barco is a, well, he's 21. So right now he's a U23 player. So he is one already. Gotcha. Um, so his cap hit is a lot less than um, Martinez and um, Moreno's right now. Oh, so it's Marinos. Any, it's any U twenty one or twenty three player around the world. It's not just in the U.S. So long as you have the international spots. To oh, wow, that's cool. That's cool. So if you're a regular DP, you're over. Like, kind of like more of a homegrown initiative, more than anything. No, like well, that. they already have the homegrown and yeah. generation Adidas stuff. But so just the difference is, so Martinez, his cap hit is like seven hundred. Um, seven hundred. Uh, it's like 650,000. Um, but when you have a U23 player, it's 200,000, and a U20 player is going to be 150,000. So it's a lot less um, for that cap hip. So I'm assuming you can just go out, get the best U22 player in, and um, kind of build your roster mm-hmm. with a lot more depth. That's what I'm hoping Atlanta United do. Yeah, which is one of the things when the um, Moreno Moreno rumors came about, I was a little surprised because he's an older player, and he is going for a lot less money than I thought we'd be going out to try and get. But I think that the good thing about him is he's more of a generalist in the midfield. Like he's he can play left wing, right wing, and um, attack in midfielder role. So at least he'll be more versatile. So regardless of what new coach comes in, he can still contribute at a high level with whatever they need to do. Yeah. Because I know some people don't like that we're signing a DP without a permanent manager. That's me. Yeah. What, you don't like that we're not signing one, Tim? I don't I don't like that we're signing DPs without a permanent manager now. Oh, no, no, no. I agree. I agree. Is But is Moreno, Moreno's not coming in as a DP, is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I'm I'm not on board with that either because then you run the risk of being in the exact same position that we were with Pity when you have a manager that comes in and all of a sudden you right. have a, a player that isn't necessarily fitting the utility that you're needing for that manager. I mean, I guess you can always try to get rid of them at that point in time, but it seems pointless. Well, the the counter is that the timelines don't align like by the time you bring in a new manager, a whole bunch of options could be out the window. True. So I have think that's we, what I do. Have we heard anything on the whole Jonathan Gonzalez deal or rumors on that? At all? I think, I think Monterey ended up wanting too much money probably for it. Gotcha. So he would fit into that U23 right. bracket. Right. So and he would be an absolute fucking anchor in that midfield that we can right. build around, which yeah. we need. So, I'm wondering if that's what led to the Moreno deal, maybe if they were if if it was one that you had to kind of pick or choose between the two, if that's if if Monterey I, was looking for too much and then Moreno ended up being a better fit financially or something like that. I well, have no 
this is at all- that point in at that point in time we didn't have the pity offer so we had we already had 3dps True. um and i bet they were trying to get him on like on a because remember the rumor was on loan and then to buy right. for 10 million right. Right. so let's loan him now and then when hopefully when these um you 23 initiative comes in we can just you know put him as a essentially u23 dp um but the last i heard is just you know they'll contact him again in january and so hopefully in january we'll see something but um we that'd will, be nice we'll see that'd sure. be freaking awesome if that mid god man i i struggle with having only three dp spots i mean you're not really gonna have spend a dp slot on a central defensive midfielder but it seems like that's the one position that we sorely need because i mean i i'm assuming jeff's not coming back next year so how do we so i don't think there's a lot to talk about as it relates to atlanta united and we're kind of grasping at straws here but one of the one of the discussions and it's not necessarily pro rel discussion but a discussion I think worth having because we're kind of getting into this topic as it relates to the U21 and 23s is how do you fix the state of the league of like, if, if you're the commissioner, how do you fix the state of the MLS as it relates on a global scale, whether it's from a salary cap or relegation, you know, you're given the keys to the kingdom and you're trying to make MLS a, relevant league while maintaining what i think mls does that other leagues don't do as well which is that sort of everybody gets a seat at the table and it's not just a financially backed and driven league with whoever has the deepest pockets is going to go out and dominate necessarily so i think mls is doing what it needs to do right now in order to to be that but it's just slow and it takes time. Um, I think the only way to like really get it on the map, be it, but um, in a very short term, but then you're kind of gambling on the long-term future is really raising the salary cap up immensely or adding like five DP slots, right. something like that. And then you run the risk of, again, you're, bo- you're kind of teetering on that line. Like eventually there's a line where it's like, okay, this is clearly just the financial backing of whoever owns this team that is going to dictate its success and failures based on how much money they can allocate towards their DP slots. And whenever you've got the majority of the lineup being paid an exorbitant amount of money that other teams and other owners can't necessarily afford to pony up, that creates those discrepancies in the standings, right? So I mean, what's what, what's the difference with with that in, in baseball? Like, I, to my knowledge, it might be wrong. I don't know the salary cap rules altogether, like uh, front to back with MLS, but I don't think there's a cap floor, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Is there a spending floor? No, no. I don't. I don't think so. Like, and right now, not every team is using all of their three DP slots at any given time. They're not all using their international slots at any given time. Right. So, like Atlanta United. What, Right. So like what I don't understand then is like, what is, what is the existential risk in upping the DP slots to five? You know, I, I know it, you know, one of the fun parts about MLS is parody, but at the same time, it's, there should be some sort of, 
survival of the fittest mentality whenever it comes into these ownership groups, because this really shouldn't just be a money grab for them. I mean, if you look at, I mean, if you look at baseball, look at the Miami Marlins, even them, I mean, they, they don't Florida Marlins of old, like they win championships, sell off all their players. And then in a few years and win another championship, but they're dog dog shit in the meantime. I mean, but then you also have teams like for the longest time, the Pittsburgh pirates or the, the Royals who, they were treating it more like a business and less like an actual team. Like, and then you saw, you know, between Steinbrenner and John Henry and um, in Boston and in the LA teams, it's, it's not a guarantee that these teams are even going to be um, exponentially better than their counterparts on the field, just because they have more expensive players and they're spending more money on these players. That's, I, I think there's probably some sort of fear in, in, in part of it too, is those are the only salaries that MLS pays, correct? Or no, that, 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 that the teams pay, I'm sorry. Yeah. MLS pays all the other salaries, right? I'm Am I wrong? I, because, like, because you mean like the front office? Like MLS plays yeah, it's the a front sing, office? It's a single entity league. What I'm trying to remember, or maybe it's DPs are the salaries that MLS will pay or they'll pay certain amounts. Anyway, no, I don't think they, MLS plays for shit. No, I think, I think they just take. A, they I just, think they take a cut based yeah. on no, what M- your MLS, M- MLS owns the contracts though with all the players. Yeah, they own the contracts, but like you sign a contract with MLS, but it's on the owners to pony up the cash. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's some sort of symbiosis there, though. I, I mean, may be wrong. Maybe, but, but I don't but think really, MLS is helping out the yeah. the teams. I don't know if, if that's even a better that's if that's the case that's even a better reason to ask why does it matter if we unleash some of these more uh, cash uh, cash infused clubs right I mean what why not just unleash um, unleash Seattle and Portland and 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 Atlanta and for God's sake, uh, NYCFC, I dare to see what they would do if there was... Or Galaxy. Yeah, or Galaxy, or LAFC, I mean, or Austin. I mean, a lot of these teams, I mean, you don't have a ton of penny-pinching teams, I don't feel like. I mean, and again, I mean, we've seen smaller market teams win, and I get it, and that's part of the, the parody that makes this league attractive to a lot of people. But at the same time, I, you got to take a leap forward. And I guess the biggest issue there at least with that logic for me is to use the analogy of MLB, right? Like MLB is the final destination for baseball leagues in the world. Right. So it's like they're setting those prices internal to the league, much like one could argue the European leagues are setting the prices for what players are internationally. So from that standpoint, like, to get to that level of MLB with what you're doing with those players and what you're doing with those spending that that spending for those player acquisitions or the, or, or those player values, you have to have some sort of international standing that is willing to reflect that evaluation in some regard. Right. And I don't know that that's necessary, that, that, that necessarily exists because you're not even seeing players that, are on a DP level with the exception of a handful over recent years that are getting that recognition on an international level, that they're even worth that amount of money that they're being paid in a DP position 
in the MLS. No, I mean, I get it. I'm not saying remove the salary cap. I don't want to send up like the Chinese Super League where we buy, like we just completely open the checkbooks for all the teams to go buy every single player and then nobody can afford shit. I just mean like, I feel like the you got to loosen the purse strings a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like it's a little too tight and they're being a little too, and I, I guess COVID is, is maybe a factor in some of this just because, you know, everything going on with the CBA around the, you know, around a pandemic too, like the CBA getting signed. Um, it's just such know. a crazy league that I don't, it's like, I think there are elements of MLS that are really, that I, I would hate to see go. Like, I think everything that the league does with, it's homegrown players and, and trying to feed into a U.S. men's national league you know, or whatever. Like, I think that there, there's something to be said for that, but it's even that level of development and international recognition is lacking in some regard. Right. And like, I think that those things are tied in some way where it's like, there's, there's gotta be something to be done for players that are being brought in internationally, that it's not recognized as a retirement league that people are just going to at the end of their careers or just starting out, but that you're getting people in their prime years. And that I feel like that there's some component of that, that you get players that are in their prime years that are also playing for, prime international duty whether it's at the united states level or internationally that needs to be addressed and i think that (laughs) there's something to be said about what our national soccer teams are doing and what those players are contributing to their leagues in the mls or internationally for for that matter yeah that's an interesting point you bring about where mls sits in the global uh soccer leagues around around the world that's that's something i hadn't thought i just think it's going to take slow progress i mean there were with this last cba there were um you know they scored some big results where they're going to get you know more compensation for players yeah um but then it's you know part of me is like well i'm a land united fan of course i want to unshackle some restrictions but then if i'm a you know, if I'm a Colorado yeah. fan or Columbus, then, who's just been hanging on, you know, yeah, then I'm like, maybe right. I don't want right. you guys it, to just because right. it's what will happen is you'll just have, you know, You're the has have and have not five and, or six teams that are at the top, and there's no relegation, and it's yeah. going to continuously right. be those teams, and nobody, it doesn't do the league any good, it does those teams good, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's that's where I'm coming from. It's like, how do you get the league to thrive more so than? paychecks and pocketbooks and in a handful of teams you know what i mean right because i mean open the pay open the open the pocketbooks <laughs> open the pocketbooks oh i haven't been here since the frank announcement happened what yes. really no i haven't been here so did you guys talk about it sorry i missed last of course episode. we talked about it the like the oh the netherlands news yeah oh, okay okay yeah. I think that's yeah. a really good fit for him. I do too. And I can't wait to see what happens. Tim, I'm sure just went off screen to grab my Netherlands scarf, which I need to have returned Ooh. to me immediately. <laughs> yeah. So, no. so is that, would you consider, cause there's been a lot of talk about like, 
upgrade or downgrade for Frank going to Netherlands. Oh, he failed up. With. He failed up big time. <laughs> he gets to coach Virgil van Dyke now. Like this. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Well, the biggest, so the biggest thing was his problem here was the communication, right? Right. But now he's not going to have a communication Culturally, gap at all. Yeah, exactly. Or Culturally, I feel like it's going to be yeah, a much everybody's as bit. flat and stern as he is. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think it's a fantastic hire. I think that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, hopefully it won't come to anything and won't cause England any problems. But I hope it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, um, what do we have, a week before he squares off with Tata? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be interesting. The battle of the Atlanta United. Manager. That's a fun matchup. Yeah, for sure. So Brian, Brian does bring up a good point. He said, if we want to compete with Mexico, then we have to have like 13 DP slots. Yeah. I mean, you look at some of those teams. Yeah, it is crazy the way that we compete. I mean, Columbus is a good call out, Kevin, not to completely derail the discussion about Frank, but the 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 Columbus call out about them staying afloat or whatever they're first in the East yeah and they're seemingly yeah. one of the like the cheaper teams that, that right we see. but does yeah. that does that diminish whenever every team has got the ability to have all this capital to throw at players that I don't, I don't know, know that like, Columbus necessarily does right now I don't know look at like the Oakland A's Billy Bean teams there's always going to be like Moneyball teams I think that can make it make it happen. Again, I'm not saying like I'm not saying you completely get rid of the C or get rid of the the salary cap or get rid of DPs in general. Um but we gotta move forward. Like how long is three th- it's been three DP since we got into the league four years ago. So Oh yeah. Or three years ago, whatever it is our fourth season, right? Since we created the sport. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it so, seems like People look at, so interesting thing. The so I'm looking at Liga MX. The most for the total market value, the most expensive club in Liga MX is Monterey, and they're at sixty eight point eight euros. Um, but Atlanta United, their our value is forty eight point three million euros. So. I mean, you, it's like only Monterey, Tigres, Club America, Cruz Azul, Guadalajara, uh, and Santa <laughs> Laguna, which is only six teams out of nine, 12, 15, um, 18, out of 18 teams. Uh, and then... After Sanus Laguna, which is 50, you drop down to Pachuca, who are 37 million. So in terms of value, we're like upper middle. But how much of that value ends up being, you know, just Martinez value versus what we bought him at or George Bellows value? Like what's his transfer market value? Because he doesn't hit a salary cap. I, I think that's. But it doesn't matter if it, if it's total. I mean, you're you're deciding where you spend your your money. So if you go look at Pachuca, uh, total value, their highest is six million euros for Victor Guzman, and then oh, every, Guzman. Yeah. everyone else is um, three, two, two and a half, one. I mean, that's that's only one. 
one, two, three, six players on their roster who are above or above or equal to two million in value. So you're not actually too far away. Um, but if we opened up more DP slots, then you know you're gonna want to put. We could only climb higher in that regard. So what do we, so you're you're talking about? We are. We are 10 DPs different than Monterey. So call Monterey the most valuable club in Mexico player-wise. So uh, 70, and, and, yeah. Yeah. And you're talking well, in, about... In Atlanta United's case, I say you're like Monterey, like 60 DPs to our three. No, I'm just saying if there's a 20 million dollar or 20 million euro gap between their, their values and ours, that's pretty substantial for the top two teams in the leagues, right? Right, but I mean, I feel like you know everyone's saying Liga MX is so much higher quality, and they don't have a salary cap. Like you can you can afford to spread more money out across your roster. So it's like you're not going to have the Jake Moraneys in your team. You're going to have guys who are worth at least a million. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess you can have twenty more Heinemans on your team. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why why have one Heinemann when you can have twenty three? <laughs> it's a lot of Heinemann. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. I mean with the with the league and with Atlanta United going forward, I mean so much of this season across all sports is just up in the air. I mean, it's, it's just crazy to see what's happened. Obviously being in Atlanta United podcast and and talking about this team and following this team over the past couple of years, that's, that's what we're here to talk about. But like I said, you look at every other league that's being affected currently, um, at least in American sports, what was it? NFL had the most points scored in the first two weeks than in the history of the league. You've got half of college football not playing the season in Miami somehow <laughs> being ranked a top five team right now. I mean, it's... wait, Miami's in the top five? Yeah, dude. <laughs> For like what? Two more weeks till they play Clemson. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we got a new name in the trap. Critdef Matt. I like the idea of five DPs. Honestly, the sport is ever growing in the US. The market will demand better players, so over time you're going to have to open to to open the doors to higher quality signings. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it's just going to take time. And the the key is balancing everything uh yeah. and keeping every all the clubs solvent. And finding ways to do that. But yeah. it's, you know, there's clubs in the, in fact, League One and League Two in the UK are, they are instituting salary caps because a lot of clubs are going bust. So I think you're actually going to see a lot more salary caps coming out, especially in lower leagues where everything's yeah. a lot more volatile. Yeah, or do like the NBA does, have a luxury tax, so we could spend all we want. We just have to pay it back. Like we just have to pay a penalty. Maybe the Golden State Warriors have have a Fab Five and just pay a an absor- exorbitant uh, luxury tax to the league for for going over the the salary cap. 
So who does that tax go to? The league as a whole, I believe. Oh, so it gets distributed back to other teams? I, I would guess so, yeah. I don't know where it goes. Who the hell knows where tax money goes, Dan? Whether it's luxury tax in the NBA or dollars. It goes <laughs> right back into the uh, league officials pocket is where it goes. Yeah. 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 All right, so who do you guys think is going to win the um, debates tomorrow? What, 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 do you, what do you expect to see out of the debates tomorrow night? Bye. <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> Bye. <laughs> is, it, is that on FanDuel's? Oh. <laughs> is that on DraftKings? Can I do I it's like on a Barst- I think it's on Barstool Sports. I'll be betting on the debates tomorrow night. So, better question, what are you going to be betting on? The amount of time Joe Biden forgets what he's saying. Um, the amount of times that Trump says tremendous. They got a, they got a whole lot of lines set up. I can't wait. <laughs> awesome. It's going to be great. <laughs> Good grief. Coach Steve tagged us. He made some video. Um, Coach Steve, what is the song on this? It sounds so epic. But it's just a video. Hold on. I'll see if is I can Is it the Atlanta United official song? Want to play that again? Want to yep. play that one? Yep, that's it. Red and white, what we need. This is our identity. Follow <laughs> Atlanta. Who, who sang that song? Are Follow. we still number one Orlando City podcast? Nah. Uh, no, we've we fallen off a little bit. Now that yeah. they've got better. Because of all those bozos down there. Yeah. Row, row, row. <laughs> Patrick Keenum says, anyways, this has been fun, but this is still the worst OnlyFans account I've ever seen. We know that's not true, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. You've probably seen worse. Man, I really wish I knew what that, that song was that we played. I'd like to play it. Can right you guys now. hear that by chance? No. Okay. I keep muting myself because I feel Pirlo has a giant yak cheese. For any of you dog owners that have che- dogs that chew like crazy, if you haven't had it, a little like, bit, you haven't given them a yak cheese before, they go to town on it. Lasts for a long time. It's good stuff, but it's loud. I hear it, I hear it a little bit yeah. now. Yeah, I really wish I could find that one song from. Oh, sorry, got it. Just remember this guy. I don't care if we get reported. Season's over. 2020's over. For some reason, for some reason, I don't think, for some reason, I don't think um, the, I don't think those algorithms are going to catch that song. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like if you Shazam to that song, I don't think we're going to get, we could play that whole thing the entire time in the background. We wouldn't get demonetized for that. Oh, good to know. Did anybody watch the fights on Saturday and watch Stylebender just absolutely toy around with that Ricky Martin inflated Ken doll, Paulo Costa? Ricky Martin? He's fighting now? Mm -hmm. Wow. No, it didn't. It was a hell of a night of fights. It was good stuff. Have you guys watched Ted Lasso? Nope. I was wondering who was tweeting about that. You guys need to get on that. Is this another Timmy Hammer joke? Ted Ted Lasso is what 2020 needs. Tim selling mallets. Find him at his name. It's Tim Herb. 
<laughs> I don't know, man. Grasping at straws here. <laughs> this well, team that's... has been a wild disappointment this season. But... Score prediction for Saturday since we don't have a midweek game. Uh, 2-0 or 2-1 Atlanta loss. Against DC? Yeah. Julian Gressel gets a brace. Oh, my God. <laughs> I say 2-0 Atlanta. Brooks Lennon gets the brace. And everybody could just shut up. Okay. I say either a 0-0 or a 1-1 draw. Okay. It's very boring. Yeah. Oh, no. It's just it's, – it's tough to watch, man. It's tough to watch. I mean, nobody's tuning into this podcast because they don't even want to hear about the team outside of. No, it's true. <laughs> to watch the game. You guys are the true, the true. Yeah, the people that are continuing to show out the trap are, are the people we do it for, honestly. Oh <laughs> uh, well, great episode, guys. Great episode. <laughs> so glad to be back. With <laughs> that meat mountain. All right. What- where can the people find you guys at? At your local Arby's. Mm-hmm. You You've been watching it. Barbecue Pit, the great barbecue championship on Netflix. I've been watching we, that. It's it's tough because we're getting back into cooking and eating well and can't just uh-huh. sit and watch those. Can't just watch cooking <laughs> shows? Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's like, ooh, Taco Chronicles. No, yeah. no. Oh, no. but <laughs> Dan, you might be interested. I, am, I saw online and I'm going to attempt to make a smoker for Thanksgiving this year to smoke a pork butt and make a terracotta smoker using flower pots. So it's basically like oh, a big green egg because it's a terracotta nice. smoker, but you just use 20-inch round flower pots and stack them one on top of the other and do like a gasket seal around it. And it's, you know, 50 or 60 bucks versus – 1500 bucks for a big green egg so yeah why are flower nice. planters so fucking expensive yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah yeah that's Just cool to plant a monstera yeah. in, the, in the dining room <laughs> so yeah more, wanna... than, more than the you'll plant. have to kevin you have to put your process on insta oh yeah for sure for sure yeah definitely do that oh uh brian mentioned zinktober i am going to attempt to do that again this year um Again, it is work pending right now, so it may not be um, full month, but try to do something this year. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'll be doing Stinktober. <laughs> oh, I, okay. I eat a Quest bar every day and just ruin the house. Nice. <laughs> we, you and Pirlo, you're going to have to get that place fumigated, dude. No, we are fumigated. Yeah. <laughs> so I can cancel the exterminator services, though. <laughs> oh. Uh, awesome. Where can I find you guys at, though? Uh, Tim? You can find me at Tim Herb. Daniel? You can find me at this little picture of a cactus that I drew today with my son. Wow. That was very artsy. Thank you. I don't think I've ever seen you sketch anything outside of just work-related stuff. That's fun. Yeah. Is your brother trying to get back into it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Signs of doom. Yeah. All over it. ABC. Awesome. And what about you? Did we already do that one? Oh, you can find me at DNJMS. So I made it back to 260 followers. It's uh, Touch and go. Heights now. Heights. I'm sure Touch it's going to take a big tank. 
<laughs> Especially after this podcast. Find me at the architect that's at the underscore ARC, number one T E C T collectively at home before dark. That's before spelled B and the number four. I gotta tell you guys, it has been great being back on the show. Missed the hell out of both of you and all of you that tuned into the show live. Um, if you didn't tune in live and you would like to, please go to get home before dark com forward slash subscribe to find out where you can find us at subscribe and hit the bell icon on youtube to get a notification whenever we go live we'd love to see you until then tell a friend and as always be home before dark mr mallet mr mallet yes pinky <laughs>